0: Welcome back, my friends, to The Sweet Spot, where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Houghton and Paul Lewis. Hey, guys. Hey, there.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: <coughs> <laughs> How's this week, guys? This week started
2: what day? It's only Monday, isn't it?
1: It's beautiful. It's going to be an exciting week. It's it's all supposed to be seventies all day long in Colorado, like nice and sunny, right? We had a we had an exciting COVID Halloween with um, exactly the same number of trick or treaters we had last year, which is I think seven. Um, even though I bought about forty pounds of candy to hand out. Interesting. Uh, we have a an important event occurring currently in process that's scheduled to end tomorrow in the U.S. Um, we'll we'll see if. Um, We'll, we'll we'll see what the result is of that.
2: Now I've lived here, um, rural here, for twenty years. We have yet to have one trick or treater ever in our house. In fairness, it would take a car ride from house to house if you're planning on making this this road work. But sure, well, and that's only really
1: worth it if you're if you if like your neighborhood is the is the full size candy bar neighborhood. True, right?
2: But even then, you're it's going to take you half an hour to do. 10 to 12 uh, houses. I'm not sure 12 candy bars is enough.
0: So does your kids yeah. stay at home?
2: Uh, no. We take them to a neighborhood so that, that they can maximize their candy intake. <laughs> <laughs> and then we pick them up afterwards. It's Great. Just drop them in there. <laughs> That's right. We'll give you an hour. We're going to go to Tim's, get our coffee on, pick you up. Exchange bags if necessary, and then go home. It's a, it's a good deal. So what so what's is our the, topic, Carlos?
0: Before we go, I need to know what is a favorite candy. Because we're, you're talking about Halloween, so you normally take the, the parents take the candy of the kids.
3: True, very true.
2: I'm definitely but, chocolate bar. I will go for the unique chocolate bars, like the Mr. Biggs. Uh, and if it's full size, even better. But it's it's actually rare. I will take a handful of mini chocolate bars any day. Mm.
1: Mr. Big, huh? Never, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. It's,
2: it's a Canadian. It's a Canadian chocolate yeah. bar. <laughs> there are a variety of Canadian chocolate bars.
1: Uh, I, I I assume so. I buy I buy some when I you know mm. uh, go to the airport.
2: I should point them out next time you're here. Oh yeah, go that'd be good. These five. Yeah, that'd be
1: good. You, you, um, I will say you tend to get the European chocolate bars in uh, the Canadian airport, and those tend to be better than the chocolate bars we get here in the U.S.
2: The chocolate is different. I don't know if it's a different ingredient list or how it, they make it.
1: Yeah, I don't think we want to get off on that topic. It'll turn into an entire podcast. But I, do, I, I, I know far more about that than I probably should. Um, oh, I my favorite is
0: probably Skittles. Oh. Interesting.
1: Skittles are probably my favorite.
0: I'm more of a Snickers guy. Oh, chocolate.
1: regular Snickers, like 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 this one. <laughs> yep. Or almond Snickers, like all pros prefer.
0: You no, know, I am a original Snickers guy. I have seen like the caramel Snickers, the uh, coconut Snickers, so many variants. Give me a uh, Snickers bar. Have you tried the coffee Snickers? I haven't seen that one.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't look yeah. For it. Um, I mean, sure, I I recommend it, but but if you find it, just go ahead and buy yourself half a box. Interesting, because they are they are in fact that good.
2: We don't have the double click versions. We only have original Snickers here. We have no Which... fancy diff, fancy almond
1: flavors. Wow, wow, that's. That's like third world.
2: Well, we have our own flavors, right? So we want to promote ours first, and then start to promote everybody else's. Oh so yeah, so it's,
1: it's Canada, so you'd have weird flavors. That's right. Right, like Loup- malt vinegar or yeah.
2: maple syrup, poutine. <laughs> oh,
3: poutine. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it, I love it. French fries and chips, or uh, chips and mayonnaise.
2: No, it's cheese, curds, gravy, and French fries. Oh, no, I know what a, I know. What a
1: poutine is. I quite enjoy it. I just mean, like, you know, you're the closest place I know that people go to have mayonnaise
0: on their French fries.
2: You dip. It's nice. It's a nice dip. No, it's not.
0: Brazilians do that sometimes. I don't know why. My wife sometimes does that. But so from candy to airports to layoffs. <laughs> what do you do? When you get later.
1: <laughs> so Carlos, I have to ask, after last week's comments on the whole connectivity thing, how long did you wait to try to find something you can connect it to before you're like, screw it, we're going full non-sequitur this week? Sorry,
2: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say four things.
1: Yeah, and, and like you kind of missed it. You were like, you could have gone candy to airports to layovers to layoffs.
0: Right. So, I was gonna go there and then I'm like mm, I'm like okay. <laughs> We need to dive in. That was awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think
1: that's a, like I think that's an appropriate topic. I think it's a really good topic. Um, you I think it's airports layoffs. I oh, think layoffs. I think uh, I think it's seasonal, or yep. or you know timing appropriate, right? Um, we're we're in the kind of the the long term sustaining throes of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, companies worldwide have seen uh, a massive change in market dynamics, a massive change in revenues. Um, there's st- continuing s- and sustained economic uncertainty, especially knowing that it's it's unlikely that a um, that any worldwide adoption of a vaccine will hit before about this time next year. Um, and so I think it's like I think it's a really good topic, right? Um, and then I think it's also timely and appropriate because all three of us have been hit by layoffs recently,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, Paul and I were hit two weeks ago, and Carlos, you were hit sometime before that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's, uh, I, I think the, the goal of the topic really is to talk about kind of you in a layoff, right? Not why does a layoff occur? Not what's the logic behind a layoff? That'll be a future topic. Um, but really, how do you act in a layoff? How, how can you change your mindset to really take, take the most and make the most of a layoff? So uh, what do you think, Paul?
2: So let's start with the obvious question. Is it a negative impact or a positive impact? Uh, Is it uh, a bump in your career? Or is it a opportunity to grow in your career? Um, Is it um, stopping uh, your trajectory or is it potentially increasing your trajectory? I'm, as you know, I'm an internal optimist and therefore I immediately assume it's the positive side of that equation. Right? I immediately assume that this is my opportunity to uh, shift in a wind that I think was probably necessary if not overdue. I think this is uh, creating time to, to rewrite your history and your past to deliver on a different future that you're looking for. Uh, this is your opportunity to explore adventures that you might not have explored before because you were in the day-to-day operations of your job. I see this entirely as a positive change. I don't, do, you, do you? Do either one of you share that or
1: have a different perspective? For me, it's like a JADO rocket, um, right? For me, this is the stage two rocket on the space shuttle. Hmm. Um, so I, I completely agree, right? Um, the the fact is, uh, I don't like changing jobs. Um, I, I look... For when, I, when I'm reviewing positions, I look for the longevity of the position more than anything else, right? Um, I like to really kind of dig in and, and see how do I make change? How do I affect change? And how do I turn that change into something lasting?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I tend to be a little goal in moving on. Um, and what I like about a layoff is um, generally you can wake up the next morning and go, I probably, like, if I look back over the last X number of months, I probably saw opportunity to, to move on and move up and move beyond and did not take it. And this is really an opportunity to kind of step up and do that. I think more than that, it's an opportunity to really take a look at um, not who I was, but who do I want to be? Right. You really have the opportunity to reinvent yourself in a layoff that's nearly impossible to do otherwise, because to your point, you're kind of mired in the day to day actions of continuing the momentum from yesterday. And the one thing a layoff does is it is it changes the momentum and it gives you the ability to either downshift, upshift or change vehicles completely. Um, and it's it's without a doubt the best time to do that. Now, ideally, you will have prepared in some way, right? And you're not completely flat-footed. But let's talk a bit about um, kind of you know what what do you do when you're laid off, and and how does that turn into success?
2: So day zero through day fourteen, this is how I would approach those days. Um, so give yourself time to go through the. You know, the grieving period, through the anger period, through the self-reflection period, through the acceptance period. I'm not saying it should only take 14 days, but for me, it certainly is in that general time frame, right? Um, because there's value in going through the emotions, right? There's value in feeling what you feel. There's value in talking to people about those feelings. Don't, don't keep it all in yourself or you're not going to be able to pass through those stages. Uh, and then there is... It allows you to clean the slate in many ways, right? Because he, the, here's the real: uh, It is quite unlikely that you're focusing on your future when you're working your current job, uh, mostly because um, it's quite likely that the activities you're performing in your current job aren't necessarily leading to creating experiences and ex- expertise needed for your next job. Now, you might purposely try to do that, but the reality is there's day-to-day in everything you do, and that day-to-day is probably just more of the same. So if you want to do more of difference, you have to effectively try to do that externally yourself, and you've got those two weeks to think about the amazing things you've done and the bumps that you've occurred, and then start to look in the future. That's, that's day zero through 14. Did you, did you share those, that, that, that two weeks worth of thing?
0: I tend to say, I agree with that. Uh, I add that I look for creating a new habit because I caught myself staying in bed at the beginning. And like you said, there's a period that you need to go through it, reflect, look at the options. But if you just stay in bed and you don't do something, doesn't have to be something major, you just need to start yourself getting into the habit of, again, what is what you're going to do, then I think that you're going to go to that next level. That is, okay, you pass through that those first days. How are you going to position yourself for looking for that next role? And like you said, reinvent yourself. You need to allow yourself to go through it, but start creating some new habits for yourself. Not just stay in bed. Oh, I'm not gonna do it. I don't have something. Pity on me, so-so. So,
1: so. so I, I tend to agree. Um, <clears throat> I don't take layoffs as, uh, personally for the most part. Um, quite, quite the opposite. Like a layoff is a strategic decision by the business to change direction in some way. It's a reaction to Um, to some change that was unplanned from the previous year Um, and and therefore I don't see them as uh, as something personal so I don't have a a long grieving cycle when it comes to layoff Um, my grieving cycle is like you know measured in hours rather than days I'll put it that way Mm -hmm. but I don't I also don't react immediately like I don't take immediate action once the thing occurs um, I may talk to a few people face to face, generally coworkers, and let them know that you know what happened because, especially in, or, in, a, in a large organization, they may not know. Um, but then I just I, I just stop most external communication, um, and I just kind of take a minute of to reflect um, and kind of look back and go, let's take stock from the day I started at that posi- at that company through the positions to the day that I left. How would I quantify the growth that I've had, first off? And second, are there any opportunities that I missed that I wished I hadn't missed? And how do I not make that mistake again? Mm -hmm. And then third, how do I quantify the relationships that have been added throughout? And finally, fourth, what's the difference in my reputation from when I started to when I left? Uh, Externally, not internally. I don't care what my reputation is at the company I'm not working at anymore but rather externally, has my reputation uh, improved? Has it Has it not improved? Is it much the same, right? What is the change in my, in my reputation? Because frankly, the fourth question is the most important when it comes to finding another job.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What is your reputation and how many people know about it?
2: Would you say that that was a known list of four or you're just reflecting upon it now that these are the four things you did? No, that's a known list of four.
3: Yeah, okay.
1: Those are four things that I set out to do. Um, And I've been laid off before. It's not, you know, it's not the first time. Right. Um, I I assume it won't be the last. Like, I can't control the world market. So I have to assume it won't be the last. And frankly, that's some of the risk that you run when you really push the envelope at any organization that you're at. Right. Um, In any organization, um, high performers tend to also... Uh, have the moniker of troublemaker, right? Have the moniker of being outside the box, have the moniker, there, there are at least some people constantly questioning why is this person doing this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really I aim for that because otherwise we settle into an echo chamber effect and, and, and kind of find ourselves drifting as, as an organization. Um, and so, you know, that also means when it comes down to it, uh, you run the risk of, of not having the right justification Um, when, when companies kind of, kind of, uh, you know, crunch and, and, you know, do things like go back to basics as it were, um, you know, so I'm okay with that. And and that's kind of the risk, the risk I run in nearly every position I find, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I would rather find myself in a position where I'm more likely to be laid off because it means the time in between is so much more valuable. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I, I think I lucked out based on how I sort of organized my day and my role. Uh, to, to, to your point, Carlos, is my role, at least how I organized my day was to ensure the first 90 minutes to 120 minutes was for myself anyway. And I don't mean myself not for the job. I mean myself without excluding other people. So that's where I read. That's where I consumed content. That's where I wrote a blog that's 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 where i might have done a podcast like those were things that i was doing before sort of the official day started right before the meetings occurred for the emails were addressed and and that way i could continue doing those things with or without the job right i was still consuming they still waking up having a tea consuming that content writing something up building a presentation all things that i was going to do regardless and that way staying in bed it wasn't arguably an option because I was still in the habit of doing those other things which I think was helpful
1: did I you... did the same actually
3: yeah
1: <clears throat> um, all I did was I extended those things that I previously did that way anyhow right right instead of instead of one post a week I did one post a day right instead of um, what are my blog article ideas I, I actually turned that into um, the motivation to do the outline for a book I've been meaning to write for a while
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, I basically it gave me the time to think a little bit bigger, um, and, and frankly, the the unwillingness to rush into another job really helped. Right.
2: So, so Howard or Carlos, what was the? So we talked about past. Now that we've gone past, and we look forward, what what are the tactical things you've been doing for going forward?
0: So I will say. I set up a schedule for myself, number one. So from a leadership and technical standpoint, I look into what were those new skills that I wanted to acquire that I may have already been working on or that I didn't have the time like you mentioned. Hmm. And I set up a time, let's say an example, every, every Friday, Uh, Around lunchtime, I have that time block because I know that there's a specific author that does a training every week and I have that time block so I can look at that. I start looking into what are those new skills that I wanted to look or practice um, so I can start looking and working on them before just looking at. What is that new role? Because you need to adjust to what this new dynamic is. So I started looking into, okay, did I still have the skills that I thought that I had? Do I need to sharpen them again? So I can be, again, at the top of my skill set, the top of the game, or those skills are good that I have, there's a gap that I need to now focus on that gap so I can be, again, the effective leader or the effective technologist So I can move forward. and and
1: I I do the same but I don't do that that step for a little bit Um, or or I continue that step from like I kind of constantly do that part the continual improvement but until I take the step to actually think about um, what does Howard 2.0 look like right then I don't actually know what the skills the skill delta is Um, and so what I actually do um, as the next step is, in fact, the the, the Howard 2.0, right? Um, one of the common questions that you will get asked in every interview is, uh, by every recruiter, is define your ideal job, right. right? What is the position you're looking for? Especially as you start to become more and more senior, because the, the fact is you have more options and really senior people are hard to, to recruit. And the least enjoyed answer to that question is a job right like no recruiter wants to hear anything other than truly specifics they want the the goal of that question is to get you to be passionate about what you think your dream job would be and for that to contain as much specificity as possible right without boxing yourself out of every job What is your dream job? My dream job is to be a named actor on a major television show. (laughs) Cool. We have no jobs for that. I'm sorry, that's not (laughs) gonna work, right? What is is your dream job? Well, my dream job really is to captain a super yacht um, for a billionaire who only visits it once a month so I can, you know, drive it around the world. Okay, (laughs) we don't have any of those positions. So when I think about kind of you know, what is my ideal job, that's really what does Howard 2.0 look like and what is Howard 2.0 going to look for. Then I turn to tools like Trello to say, or a Kanban board, right? To say, how do I organize my thoughts around those things? And how do I start setting up some sort of rudimentary tracking of the activity? Because the fact is, it's going to be really easy to get overwhelmed by activity. And if you don't have a way to keep track of it um you're going to get buried or you're going to use a method completely unlike my method right
2: Uh, i agree that the 2.0 version is a fundamental step that has to get done almost before everything else gets done and i spend my time on that with external you know relatively objective opinion you know i go talk to people to which i trust that i've worked with for a long time to say Here's what I believe my capabilities or skill sets are. Here's the kinds of roles I've done in the past. Here are the kinds of roles would interest me in the future. What do you think? And, you know, I've received some surprising responses to that. I've received things that anything from um, a CIO might be interesting to you, but a CTO thought leader is probably more valuable based on your capabilities. Or since you spend a good portion of your time with marketing, CMO might be an interesting next step for you if you were to choose a different alternative path. Or it might be, well, why don't since you talk about advisory and you talk to a lot of sort of network CIOs about strategy, maybe you know, a gardener or an analyst type conversation or role might be more interesting as your next step. So that they, they could start to feed me different endpoints, right? It's not just one one career path, then you only have one end state. You might have multiple end states. It might be the hydra of careers. And therefore you've got to think about what capabilities you need or, or even how you want to augment your LinkedIn or your resume or your just general pitch, your 30 second pitch, depending on different types of jobs you're looking for. In fact, you probably shouldn't have a single resume. You should have multiple resumes based on the different potential roles that you're looking for. And there's, there's value in having a variety of those conversations and a variety of opinions to see if you can narrow down what you think next step might look like.
1: I, I would take it a step further. So, so I completely agree. And I think when you're describing your ideal job, avoid titles at any cost,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, what job are you looking for? Don't say CIO, don't, that should be a, a bad word. Um, instead, describe the things that, a C, that that either you know or think a CIO does that you enjoy.
2: <laughs> this podcast wouldn't exist if that was an easy definition. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Run episode 44 of that, right, of that right,
1: definition. Right. Run episode 44 of what a CIO does. Um, <laughs> but, but the fact is, um, if you just say CIO, you're placing yourself in a box, <clears throat> kind of to your point. But instead, if you talk about the transformative value of a CIO to an organization, you open yourself up to all of the opportunities within that recruiter's mind about what transformative means. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK, so tell me more about digital transformation. What makes that interesting to you, right? Or um, what makes uh, a use, you know, particular use of technology interesting? What makes data interesting? What makes marketing interesting, right? Where do you think the flaws are in the system? Right. All of that stuff that gives you the ability to kind of expound a little bit opens doors.
3: Right.
1: The more reductive you are, the more doors are simply going to close. Um, and, and frankly, uh, like CIO is a really good example. Um, it's That's a title that sounds cool. But the fact is, um, the pay scale for CIO starts as low as $80,000. dollars hmm and the sky's the limit from there, right? And you're going to find that it naturally settles, seems to settle, especially in the private sector, around 150 dollars to $200,000 US. In, in, in Canadian dollars, it's like $400 million. I'm not yeah. sure. It's just, um, a
2: decent job. I don't know. Do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but my, my point is, um, there are other positions like a sales engineer for a technology company that tend to meet or exceed the pay range of a CIO. Of your average CIO. Um, And so it's really worth kind of pausing a moment and realizing that chasing a title does not equal more money. Chasing a title simply equals a business card. And you're often going to be better off to have a conversation about what's behind the business card than what's on the business card. Um, Open yourself up for more opportunities. And to your point, one of the best ways to do that is through your, your resume, your CV, and your cover letter. Mm-hmm. And all three of those things are distinctly different. And all three of those things you should have multiple copies of. Right. Right. As you start to have those conversations and realize um, what positions are you directing yourself towards, start building resumes around those job descriptions. Right. Um, right. You know, good, better, and different recruiters are using tools that are doing simple keyword matches, right? So if somebody specifies, this is an example I used to use all the time, if somebody specifies this position requires a knowledge of IPv4 and you instead have TCP IP and you think of those are the same, while technically IPv4 (laughs) is part of TCP IP, the recruiter is not going to be able to check the IPv4 box with TCPIP IP entered, because keep in mind, they're not technologists, they're just doing keyword search. Right. So make sure that even when you're applying for something simple, go through the job description and pick out all the keywords. And then make sure that the resume you submit has those keywords in it. Right. Even if you're having to do a find and replace, it's totally fine. And keep track of everything you apply to. Absolutely everything you apply to. Did you get a response? What date did you you apply? What was the response? When did the response come? Did it go on beyond that? If you get an offer, track the offer. The more senior you become, the more chaotic it will be. And it will be very much a bi-directional Data flow, right? You'll reach out for things, and people will reach out to you. Right. My advice, generally, is make an announcement, and see what comes from the announcement. Uh, The people that are actively trying to recruit you are much more interested in you than the jobs you apply for through a link. Right. Right. So, um, so let's move to that. Like, because I have an I have an interesting story uh, of the last week uh, and the announcement. So, um, how do you, Carlos,
0: how do you go about announcing that you're available and on the market? Um, I did a couple of things. I did it through LinkedIn, uh, to my network. And I specifically went direct one-to-one to people that I knew about that and to get their feedback and do you know anything connect with them? Uh, and then I went through an agency to look, like you said, redo my resume, look what, what could be interesting. Because like you mentioned, there may be a lot of skills or words that may be required and they may not be on your resume. You may need to rewrite stuff to make sense for the different positions that you go. Like you mentioned, I I bet that both of you know TCP IP and what it is and how it's used, but depending on the level of the position, talking about configuring a router is not something that is needed. But understanding how, and taking that example, how that technology impact the whole infrastructure may be formulated or communicated in a different way. So I, that's some of the things that, that I did to try to get that resume out there.
2: And I have yet to notify,
0: uh,
2: at, least f- at least publicly, at least formally. Like, I've spent my time in the last few weeks having targeted communications, right? Let me reach out to specific people in my network, not, not just because of the people that I trust, but people that I felt... Uh, that I've had very good long-term working relationships with to see if there is some opening conversations I can have without sort of opening it up to the world. And I did that at the same time as I was bolstering my independent content, right? So, uh, Sweet Spot, as an example, is is one of our bigger independent contents that we produce on a weekly basis. And... I'm very thankful to Carlos for forcing us to do this. <laughs> he, is, he is the root source of this entire endeavor, and uh, we should uh, bow down to him all the time. So since this is a good, rich content mix, we had to make sure that uh, I had to make sure it was readily available for consumption outside of my persona in my previous role or my previous set of roles. Uh, then do things like creating a Paul Lewis website, uh, creating content for that. So I I'm I look like and feel like an independent advisory person with talent and content and richness outside of roles that I've ever had. Um, and then, of course, bolstering up, as you're saying, Howard, my CV and cover letters and LinkedIn and resumes to support creating sort of that independent thought leadership that I think is required for my next role. At some point, I'll make some public announcements, but I want to sort of Thread the needle here to see how far I can get in my sort of closer knit relationship before I move on to the to the wider audience.
1: So m- my my methodology comes from imposter syndrome mm-hmm. more than anything else. Um, so I didn't do anything for three days. I like I called friends and let them know but I really didn't even tell most of my family. Like I told my wife but but outside of that. Um, <laughs> And then I made an announcement on LinkedIn that I was no longer an employee of the organization I was with. Mm -hmm. Um, My goal was really to kind of see what the response was um, to try to gauge what my reputation was like. Mm. Um, Suffice it to say, I had no idea. Right. (laughs) So prior to this post, I don't think I ever saw the views indicator show up on any of my LinkedIn threads. Like maybe I would hit 100, maybe 110, 120 views. Um, And I hadn't really noticed the indicator pop up on most of the posts that I I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, Every now and again, something from someone that I would consider an influencer would show up and it'd have 30,000 or more views. And I was super impressed by that. And I thought, this is fantastic. but something happened with that post and it started to take off and I don't know why, and I don't know how, um, as we sit here today, uh, I have 1900 new views on my profile. Um, which is excessive. I've never had a 30 day sprint with more than two or 300. Right. Um, the, I have 136 reactions and 42 comments. It's by far the most commented thread I've ever had. But where where I find it to be really interesting is as of right now, as I sit here, it has 118,539 views. If I click refresh, it has 118,543 views, Uh, one of which was the LinkedIn social character account, whatever, with 13 million followers.
2: So there's more views coming. That's that's how I read that situation.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I was shocked when it hit 30,000 views. I was blown away when it hit 50,000. At 75,000, I literally did a happy dance, and at 100,000, <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. Right. Um, wow. But because of that, <clears throat> the pipeline is significantly different. Mm. The pipeline went from Um, you're probably going to apply to some jobs to now you can't keep up with the number of people attempting to, you know, at least begin the active recruiting process. Right. As in I have a role specific for you that I'd like you to fill. Can we talk? It's a drastically different conversation than the way it has gone for me in the past.
2: Now is that, your type of role with your type of background or could this happen to anybody for any role on any purpose?
1: Um, I don't know how to, I honestly, I don't know how to, how to generate the number of views. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that, I, I do think you can utilize LinkedIn, social media to really generate traffic. Um, keep in mind, every person that comments, every person that likes that does any kind of reaction, right? Um, that is then shared with their whole network. Right? And so that's really how it becomes explosive. It becomes explosive by getting people to take some sort of action. Right. Um, and so the couple of things that I would offer the audience is um, keep it relatively short. Make sure someone can read it in 15 seconds. Also, keep it overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't bash your prior employer. Don't say bad things about your boss. Right. Talk about how... So literally what I said is, uh, I had a good time. I worked with an amazing team, had the best boss I ever had, had spectacular peers in the organization, most of whom were also laid off. I look forward to the next chapter of my life and I'm excited to see what it brings. If you know of anything, I'm open. That's it. That's the totality of it. Um, And most of the responses that I got were personal and specific, but also um, some of the comments were, how nice the message was which makes other people want to read it
2: did you answer every comment
1: every single one i wouldn't do it any other way right because again it generates traffic right me answering the comment reintroduces it to that person's feed which reintroduces it to everyone that sees their feed right
3: nice
1: right and then at some point linkedin the, the social linkedin hopped on there and they actually commented which I thought was, which I thought was really nice and interesting, um, and I don't have any idea how one gets to the point where the LinkedIn account actually comments. I find that to be odd.
2: <laughs> an algorithm that puts it in front of them for them to say something about it. Sure, yeah. sure,
1: but still, thirteen million followers couldn't hurt.
2: Yep, not bad. So going forward, what's your prediction?
1: Um, so going forward is really going to be about ensuring, um, that you that all the conversations you have are positive conversations, mm-hmm. right? So think like make a list of all of the questions you think someone would ask you in an interview. And frankly, if you're watching this podcast, you probably should have interviewed people in the past. So think about the questions that you asked that were not, that were frequently answered incorrectly or not to your satisfaction. Right. And then think about what would your response be and ensure that that response is positive. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Right. What would you say about your prior employer? Come up with something positive. It better be positive and not negative. How would you describe your prior boss? Make sure it's positive. Right. Right. Um, Give me three times you've been successful. Give me three times you failed and tell me what you learned from those. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like I would, I would really spend some time and really think through, kind of how do you norm, like how do people get tripped up, and how do I vocalize, literally say the things out loud, um, to ensure that they're positive,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because the words we say affect our thoughts, and if our thoughts are negative, the words are going to be negative. So start by saying positive things, so your thoughts become positive, positive. Um, and your responses will be significantly better.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Interview prep was what is most needed going forward. And every interaction is an interview. It, it might be a recruiter. It might be a coffee chat with an HR person, or it might be an actual hiring manager. They are all interviews. P- presume they're all evaluating your performance and your capability and your, your fit with the organization in every single one of those interactions. And I agree, optimism, creativity, uh positivity. Those are all very important traits. uh, And be prepared with those stories, right? Have a a dozen, 15 stories in your pocket, ready to tell at any one period of time, most of which are positive, some of which show you that show you hit a hurdle and you've overcome it. um, And some failures. Talk about some of the failures that you've had and what you learned from those failures. Those those are good stories. Yep.
1: We learn most through failure, not through success. Mm -hmm. Success is kind of, You know, we, we actually don't learn through success because success builds on what you already know. Right. And we tend to learn through failure. Failure tends to highlight the thing we don't want to do again.
3: Right.
1: Um, And then I would also say, um, go back and look at your LinkedIn profile and ensure that you don't have any negativity on your LinkedIn profile. Make sure that you're okay with all of that, because it's very likely that a recruiter or a hiring manager is going to friend you and click on your profile and read through everything in your profile. They're going to at least take a cursory examination. And once you post and you start to get any traffic, every post after that will be prioritized. So make sure you maintain the momentum and post. If you see something in someone else's thread that looks interesting, comment on it in a positive way. People are likely to read it. Then they're going to get interested in you and click on you. Right. Now is the time to accept friend requests, not re- not not refuse friend requests, <laughs> even those that may not be appropriate because they're trying to sell you something.
2: Right, take it anyway.
1: Matter of fact, I got two two of the uh, of the uh, things I'm pursuing, the opportunities I'm pursuing came from people attempting to sell the CTO of my former company, and me going, I'm no longer at that company. Um, I'm currently looking, and they said, Oh, what are you looking for? And we had a conversation that turned into an opportunity. <laughs>
2: nice. Back to your previous point, um, I've, uh, I've used the phrase before, you earn through success and you learn through failure.
1: I like that one. I'm gonna write that one down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't have to write it down in
0: real time, but that might be a good end, Carlos. So looking at everything, my friends, like we have shared today, change is inevitable. Change going to happen from a position, from anything in your life. But like we started, your attitude towards it is what's going to make the difference. You have heard from three different leaders how we have looked and applied what we have learned in the past so we can move on. Doesn't mean that this is the end. I think that was Paul that mentioned when something like this happened, it's a shift. And sometimes you have to shift so you can move forward and go into the new direction that you're going to go. So my friends, it has been awesome to have you with us today. Make sure that, like we say every week, share this podcast with other people, subscribe and click the bell on YouTube so you can get notified when we go live. And as always, we want to be leaders, but we need to grow together. So we'll see you on our next episode.